The Tom Woods Show, episode 1700. Prepare to set fire to the index card of allowable opinion. Your daily dose of liberty education starts here. The Tom Woods Show. Folks, I don't know about you, but I am running into a lot of progressives saying, look, police, fire, schools, these are all great examples of socialism. Well, let's focus on that school example. I've got a free ebook called Education Without the State that makes a pretty darn good case for a stateless approach to education. Pick it up at nostateeducation.com. Hey everybody, Tom Woods here. Well, episode 1700, nice round number, makes me think about what's going to be happening next year, 2021. You'll recall, some of you have been listening a long time, that in September of 2017, we had the 1,000th episode live event in Orlando, and it was so much fun. Of course, I used it as episode 1000 on the podcast, but nearly 600 of you, even though we had to reschedule because of a hurricane, nevertheless, nearly 600 of you attended despite the schedule change, which is just death to events like this. So that was just a miracle. And we had a wonderful time. Eric July was the host. Michael Malice and I had like a a revisiting of our Hamilton debate, I did a joke off, a dad joke off with uh, Eric July, and then I played a that uh, box of lies, I think it's called, a game with Michael Bolden. We had uh, Roast of Me featuring Dave Smith and several other people, and then four of my daughters unexpectedly went up on stage and roasted me. I mean, it was just an amazing time. Tom DiLorenzo was there. It was so much fun. So I want to do another one for episode 2000. So I haven't got the exact date yet, but I'm thinking August 2021. And by the way, if you're thinking, oh, but maybe we won't, we still won't be allowed to screw that. One way or another, this thing's happening. Okay, August 2021, enough's enough. Live your life, you know, live your life. So we're, we're going to be doing this and it's going to be fun. I've already got several things lined up that you guys will love. I got Dave Smith committed to be the host. So keep August 2021 in your sights and I'll give you a specific date soon. And probably what we'll do is we'll record it before we've actually reached episode 2000 chronologically. And then when the time comes for that episode, we'll go ahead and insert that. So it'll be all edited and ready to go when we need an episode number 2000. So that'll be down here in Orlando, by the way, in case you're wondering. And Orlando is a nice place to visit. Although gosh, August is like the worst time. It's brutal and vicious. But there are plenty of indoor things to do here that, that are a lot of fun, and, and you'll meet a lot of very good people. Uh, there are a lot of, of good libertarians in this area. Anyway, today what I want to do is um, is revisit an incident from early last year, that's early 2019, in light of a recent news development, and that has to do with the report that just came out that the Washington Post has settled its suit uh, the lawsuit filed against it by Nicholas Sandman, who was the the high school student who was demonized by the Washington Post because uh, he was supposedly insensitive to a Native American. And it turns out that, of course, now that we've seen the full video, there was no disrespect whatsoever. Everything is the opposite of what we were told initially about the Covington Catholic high school students in Washington, D.C. And he sued them for $250 million. Now, we don't know how much he wound up getting, but he got something and they settled it and that's the end of it and nobody's allowed to disclose the exact terms, I assume. 
And so that made me want to go back and revisit this episode because especially given how 2020 is going, it's really important that we understand what happened in this case to show this is not some outlying case. This is not some unusual, bizarre diversion from the media's normal attention to detail. Now, I realize that people listening to this already know this, but I I think even some of our people don't realize just how bad it is. The Russiagate thing, which was hysteria and just fact-free, should be evidence enough. But then we also had, what, the lead-up to the Iraq War, which was all propaganda, all propaganda, one thing after the other, leading up to that war. We could go into other wars too, but I'm just thinking about recent years what the media's been up to. And then, of course, this virus. The last place on earth you'd go to find out about the virus would be CNN.com or to turn your TV on and watch the evening news. This would be the last place you'd want to go. You'd get a completely distorted view of what's happening. It is astonishing to me how they've reported on this. So this is not some isolated incident, what happened last year. And what happened last year serves to remind us of the likelihood that this has happened to a lot of other people too, except there was no internet at the time through which they could exonerate themselves. So just to set the stage, uh, many of you will remember this, but it, it could be for you what the wars in the Balkans were for me in the 1990s. I was a busy graduate student. It just seemed all too complicated what was going on in the Balkans. I figured someday I'll go back and look into this and see what's happening. And I later did and realized how upset I should have been in the 90s, but I was just busy with life. And some of you may have been busy with life when this happened. So I'm here to give you the briefing on it. So what was going on was that it was the annual, I guess this must have been January then of 2019, because that's the annual March for Life. It's the, I guess it's the anniversary of the Roe versus Wade decision, where a lot of people go to Washington, D.C. to indicate their unhappiness with the status quo on abortion. So these high school students from Kentucky, from a Catholic high school, went to be part of this. And, you know, most of them have never been to a big city or, you know, I'm sure a lot of them just spent their lives in Kentucky. They were not prepared for what was about to happen to them. So the, the standard version of the story was the high school students surrounded this peaceful, uh, friendly Native American man and intimidated him and started chanting, build the wall which, of course, obviously you can tell doesn't even make sense. So how does build the wall apply to a Native American? It doesn't even make sense, right? So right away, part of you knows this has got to be BS, right? And then the rest of you also knows it's BS because it always is. In cases like this, it always is. Well, the real story goes something like this. Now, in the original story, the black Hebrews don't even figure into what happens. They're not even mentioned in the original version of events. They're not even mentioned. They're not there. They're sometimes called the black Hebrew Israelites or just the black Hebrews. It doesn't matter what their theology is. Nobody cares, okay? But these were people who were, and and by the way, we know this because a two-hour video of everything that transpired became available. And at the time, I watched that whole thing, all two hours, because I knew this was false because I'm not totally tone deaf. I know how American society works. I know this didn't happen. And sure enough, all I had to do was watch the video and be confirmed that not only did it not happen, something like the opposite of what was reported happened. We have the video to prove it. So what happens at the beginning of this video, before we even see any Catholic high school students, is we see 
that the uh, there were a group of Native Americans gathered at the Lincoln Memorial, which happened to be where the students had gathered at the conclusion of the march. And so by, just by coincidence, some Native Americans were having a gathering of their own. And so before the students even become a part of the story, we see the black Hebrews are taunting these Native Americans who have gathered at that spot. And they're saying things like, this is an exact quote, you're not supposed to worship eagles, buffaloes, rams, all types of animals. This is the reason the Lord took away your land. Wow. Suppose a group of Catholic high school students had shouted to some Native Americans, you're not supposed to worship eagles, buffaloes, rams, all types of animals. This is the reason the Lord took away your land. We would never hear the end of that, right? Never. That would lead, that would be the lead part of the story. Instead, in the standard account of the story, this did not occur, that a group of black racists were taunting the Native Americans. That, that's not even mentioned. That's not part of the story. So then a woman approaches them. Now, we don't know if she's part of the Native American demonstration. You can't tell from the, the video. But she approaches them to try to have a discussion with them. And at that point, one of these, one of the so-called black Hebrews turns to the camera and says, this is the problem, Israel. It's always our women coming up with they loud mouth, thinking they can come and distract things with they loud ass mouth because they not used to dealing with no real men. Okay, now imagine if we had footage of Catholic high school students addressing a woman in that way. That would be the beginning of the story. That, that would be the story. No mention of this. So this happens, no mention. Then the Native Americans are taunted by the black Hebrews to this effect. Again, exact quote. You think there's Uncle Tom? You're an Uncle Tomahawk. You got your head up the white man's ass. You say peace, there ain't gonna be no peace. Oh, okay. Well, how about our little thought experiment again? Imagine a group of Catholic high school students saying, you got your head up the white man's ass. There ain't going to be no peace. That would lead the story, wouldn't it? No mention of this. Did not happen. Then meanwhile, it's not just the Native Americans who are being taunted by the black Hebrews. It is also the Catholic high school students themselves. And they, for a solid hour, endured language like, you little dirty-ass crackers, your day coming, dusty-ass animals, bunch of child-molesting faggots. The kids are also compared to dogs and hyenas. Now, I don't like to use language like this. I'm just quoting these people. This is what happened. It is astonishing to me that in light of this kind of taunting, these kids who, as I say, most of whom have probably never been outside Kentucky, kept their cool and did not return those names in kind. They deserve a medal for that. So the students passed the time and drowned out the black Hebrews with some school sports cheers. Now, it's in this context that Nathan Phillips, a Native American, entered the scene. He's banging a drum and marching into the crowd of students. So now, here's the thing to keep in mind. Phillips's own people have been repeatedly insulted and mocked by the black Hebrews by this point. While meanwhile, a group of high school kids minded their own business. So, being the courageous man he evidently is, Phillips confronted, now you take a guess, does he confront the black Hebrews? Or does he confront the Catholic high school kids who have been sitting there enduring vile abuse for an hour? <laughs> of 
course he confronts the high school kids. Who, who's going to confront the black Hebrews in that situation? He confronts the high school kids because he knows no, none of them going to lay a hand on him. Then, then he, and plus this is a beautiful PR possibility, right? This is going to be perfect. This is just what he wants. You know, these very, very unfashionable kids. I mean, they go to a Catholic high school. They're from Kentucky. These are not exactly the sort of people the media is super concerned about treating well, right? This, these are exactly the sort of people they want to ridicule and dismiss and whatever. So Phillips approaches them. And here's, here's how he explains what he did to the media. Here's how he explains his decision. And what's wonderful is apparently he doesn't know there was video footage. <laughs> so awesome. So awesome. The guy's, the guy's a con man, this Nathan Phillips, total con man through and through. He makes up a story and then the video comes out. <laughs> It's so great. So, I mean, it, you know, it's like that that moment in um, Annie Hall, the the uh, the Woody Allen movie, where there are people standing in line and one of them is trying to uh, look impressive by talking about the ideas of Marshall McLuhan. And then out of the blue, McLuhan himself shows up and says, you know nothing of my work. You know, how you managed to get a degree in anything is amazing to me. And then Woody Allen comes out to the camera and says, ah, don't you wish life was like this? Like you'd be in a situation like this and some you know, some blowhard is yammering on and on about something he knows nothing about. And then the author of the very ideas being discussed shows up and corrects him and, and, and denounces him. You know, so it's, it's that kind of satisfaction that I get from this, that the guy makes up stories designed to demonize innocent people. And then a video comes out. <laughs> it just couldn't be better. It's so great. So here's how he describes it. He says, he says, the students, quote, were in the process of attacking these four black individuals. Okay, you know that's not true. There was that moment, this is him continuing, when I realized I put myself between beast and prey. These young men were beastly, and these old black individuals were their prey. And I stood in between them, and so they needed their pounds of flesh, and they were looking at me for that. That is the absolute opposite of what happened. Not one word of that story is true. Nobody was attacking anybody. Now, it's true, yes, the black Hebrews had, had threatened people. That's true. But the students, not a single threatening word or gesture. The black Hebrews, again, had shown up to taunt Phillips' own people and had been doing so over and over. Phillips does not even mention this, but that's the whole story. So if he really wanted to defuse the situation, as he later claimed, he should have banged his drum in the faces of the black Hebrews, who were the hysterical lunatics who'd been screaming racialist inanities for over an hour by that point. Instead, he chose to confront some high school students. And he also said that the students had been chanting, build the wall. Well, we have all two hours worth of footage of what occurred. Not one person uttered those words. One student said this, recalling the situation. In the midst of our cheers, we were approached by a group of adults led by Nathan Phillips with Phillips beating his drum. They forced their way to the center of our group. You can see this happening. It was not the kids surrounded him and stared him down, like because we're the white man or any of this nonsense. It was Phillips barging into their group and getting inappropriately into the personal space of one of the students. When you see the video, it's quite inappropriate what Nathan Phillips is doing. There's no defending him on this. And so the student continues, they forced their way to the center of our group. We initially thought this was a cultural display since he was beating along to our cheers, and so we clapped to the beat. Well, soon the situation became confusing because Phillips is quite inappropriately in a student's physical space, and so no one quite understood what was happening. 
And you can hear uh, multiple people asking, what is going on? But these students shouted their cheers to the beat of Phillips's drum. And well, I guess that's unforgivable. That's, that's what we need. So these students should be ruined for this, according to celebrities and half of Twitter. And virtually none of those people even saw the video. And by the way, immediately after the confrontation between Phillips and the students, the black Hebrews were right back at it, telling the kids that America would be destroyed in a nuclear holocaust and that they themselves were all bound to become school shooters. Classy people, these black Hebrews, very classy. Again, ignored by the media. It's kids jumping up and down to a drumbeat for two minutes that everyone's supposed to hear about. So you'd think somebody in the media, somebody, somebody might have mentioned how odd it was that this Native American man thought it was the students after an hour's worth of vile filth being spewed at them, who needed to be approached with his drum. How deranged is that? Who acts like that? All right, oh my gosh, I'm just getting going here. Uh, But let me pause for a quick message that I hope you will take to heart because this is a heartfelt recommendation. Folks, let me take just a brief minute to tell you about the way I solve a major problem that we all have. Because we're all intellectuals, we have a pile of books we wanna read, we have no idea how we're ever gonna get through all of them. And the answer is Blinkist. It's unique and powerful, works on your phone, your tablet, your web browser. It gives you the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from over 3,000 nonfiction bestsellers in over 27 categories. Blinkist condenses them down into blinks, which you can read or listen to in just 15 minutes. And I like Blinkist because after that 15-minute blink, I know whether or not the full-length audiobook is really a good use of my time. I use Blinkist when I'm driving around in the car, which would otherwise be dead time, and I'm absorbing book after book while I drive. I've listened to these Blinks, and I highly recommend you check them out. Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker and The Doomsday Machine by Daniel Ellsberg. Right now, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash Woods to start your free seven-day trial and get 25% off a Blinkist premium membership and up to 65% off audiobooks, yours to keep forever. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash Woods to get 25% off a premium membership and a seven-day free trial. Blinkist.com slash Woods. So meanwhile, half the country rushed to judgment about this poor kid on the basis of Phillips's false statement, a statement we now know to be false because we have the video evidence, and on the basis of a picture of Sandman staring at Phillips, who was banging a drum an inch from his face. What would you like him to do? What would you, what would you like him to do in that situation when an adult is behaving extremely inappropriately toward him? What happened was the kid wound up being compared to a Klansman, being compared to 60s-era segregationists, for standing there in the midst of what was obviously intended to be a provocation and a completely unwarranted one. That kid had done nothing. His classmates had done nothing. What they had done was they'd goofed off or even just remained silent during a full hour of abuse. Again, they deserve medals. Phillips wound up being interviewed by CNN. Oh my gosh, it it gets even better. Gets even better. First of all, he's barely coherent, this guy. He cannot string a sentence together, but he's going to condemn these kids and, and ruin their lives. So here's what he says. We were finishing up with Indigenous Peoples March and Rally, and there were some folks there that were expressing their First Amendment rights there, freedom of speech. So that's how he describes the openly racist black Hebrew Israelites. 
he describes them as some folks there that were expressing their freedom of speech. Now, he doesn't describe the Catholic high school students that way as some folks expressing their freedom of speech. Oh, no, 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 no. Just the people who despise Native Americans. He'll defend them. Gosh, with a leader like him, if I were Native American and that was my spokesman, (laughs) I would say, I, (laughs) I just can't imagine it. I can't imagine that. Who who put you in charge? And you're picking on the wrong people. So then he, he goes on. How about this? The folks that were having their moment there, that's how he refers to the, the racist black Hebrews, the folks that were having their moment there. They were saying things that I don't know if I agreed with them or not, but some of it was educational and it was truth and it was history about religious views and ideologies. But these other folks, the young students, they couldn't see it. They had one point of view, it seemed, and that was that their point of view was the only point of view that was worthwhile. Oh, my gosh, that is the opposite of anything that a rational person would say. The black Hebrews were saying things that were educational and truth and history. These folks that were having their moment there, let's recall, were telling the Native Americans, you're not supposed to worship eagles, buffaloes, rams, all types of animals. This is the reason the Lord took away your land. They taunted the natives as Uncle Tomahawks. And Phillips's reply is, I don't know if I agreed with them or not. Wow, the man is bold. He's withholding judgment about whether he agrees with people who say he deserved to be dispossessed. Wow, that's a that guy's tough. Ah, <laughs> oh, pathetic. And so again, remember the the awful things. I don't want to keep saying those words, the terrible things that uh, the black Hebrews were saying to the high school students. Were those things like bunch of child molesting and then f word? Um, how would Nathan Phillips describe that? Was that educational? Was that truth? Was that history? And again, according to Phillips, it was the students who thought their point of view was the only point of view that was worthwhile. All right, so here's what actually happened. The black racists were disrupting the Native American demonstration. They were calling people Uncle Tomahawk, telling them they lost their land because of their false worship. Doesn't that sound a teensy-weensy bit like people who thought their point of view was the only point of view that was worthwhile? The students, meanwhile, were so flabbergasted by all this because I'm sure in Kentucky, they're not running into people like the black Hebrews. They scarcely knew how to respond. If you To listen to Nathan Phillips, you'd think they were shouting out theological propositions. They mostly kept to themselves in a combination of amusement and horror. At no time did they seriously advance any point of view except to boo when the black racists criticized them for recognizing that homosexuals had rights. No mention of that from Nathan Phillips. Now, again, could you imagine, suppose there'd been a group of black people saying homosexuals have rights and Catholic high school students were jeering and mocking them for saying that. Well, I'm sure, again, that's how the story would lead. But the opposite happened. The exact opposite happened. So nowhere, nowhere did that appear in in, in a news report, nowhere. Now then, you have to think, back home in Kentucky, well, look, I know, and I don't know the particular bishop involved, but I know enough about the American bishops to know these are the last people in the world you ever want to have to rely on. I mean, there are one or two who are halfway decent, but these are the most spineless, pathetic people I have ever encountered. 
the first thing the bishop did was to throw these kids under the bus. He didn't know any of the details, but he knew that something sacred had been violated. And of course, by sacred, we don't mean uh, having to do with, with, with his religion because that <laughs> the important thing is good PR. And so he went and basically denounced his own students. And the parents, thankfully, you know, hit right back. And I think eventually they, they slightly walked it back. But what, the, what is that all about? Your first instinct, you don't even see the video, is to throw the kids under the bus. So if you ever find yourself in a situation where you're thinking, I sure hope the school administration or I sure hope the chancery office of the Catholic diocese will back me up, forget it, okay? And before you write to me and say, Woods is an anti-Catholic bigot, I say this as somebody who's been a Catholic since 1996. And I'm just telling you, that's the state of the American Episcopate right now. And then let's also remember, major conservative individuals and publications rush to judgment just as much, just as much as the mainstream media and the left did. And that helps you to understand why conservatives always lose. You don't ever see the media or the left desperate to appease their opponents, but for conservatives, they're desperate to appease the left. Oh, we heard that you're unhappy with these high school students, so we agree with you, even though we don't know any of the details. Now, you may say this is just one incident, but I, I don't think you, you are gonna say that, are you? I think this is a case of the fault lines are becoming more and more pronounced. I mean, now there's more and more things you can't say or think. You know, there, there are certain movements you're, you've gotta support, and regardless of all the baggage associated with them, you can't be, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. You can't, can't even have a conversation anymore um, with a lot of people. Prominent figures demanded that these kids be doxxed and have their lives destroyed. And then even when presented with the full video, there were still some people on Twitter who basically just thought, well, any kid or group of kids where some of them are wearing a uh, Make America Great Again hat, they deserve whatever happens to them. And there are some libertarians, heaven help us, whose position on this was, well, I don't like these hats either. So, okay. Well, while you're off siding with uh, character assassins on the left, uh, deluding yourself that the left will thereby excuse you, these are the same people who think you're a Nazi because you're against Obamacare. So if you think that, well, if I'm just really nice to the left and I show that I share a lot of their concerns, they won't come after me when it's... Okay, feel free to test out that theory. All right, look, let's, let's wrap up with this. I mean, it, it, this is almost unbelievable, isn't it? When you hear the actual series of events, it's almost unbelievable. Number one, the way the story was told. And number two, the sheer malice of this Nathan Phillips. I mean, a truly hateful individual. And as typical with the left, and he's, he's a left-wing activist, as is typical with the left, all their opponents can be summed up as just haters. Well, you hate this and you hate that and they're full of hate and they hate, 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 hate. So again, if you disagree with some you know, health policy, that's because you hate the poor and you hate this and you hate that. And I continue to say that if you have a group like the left that is constantly accusing everybody of hatred, that should... You know, that should be a red flag for you, right? Like what, what would be the reason that they would constantly be accusing people of that? Like why would that be your first go-to? It's not, my, not the first instinct I have when thinking about why people disagree with me. I don't think it's because of hate. 
because I'm not a hateful person. The idea that people are consumed by hate doesn't occur to me because that's the opposite of who I am. But these people, every single person they oppose is full of hate, hate, hate. It's hate this and hate that. It's Orwellian. And I am convinced that's because they themselves are, I mean, you can tell these are not the nicest people in the world. You would not consider having these people over for dinner. Humorless and awful and nasty. It's because they're consumed by hate and therefore they assume everybody else is just like them. So when they see somebody acting in opposition, they just think, oh, well, if, if I were acting like that, it would be out of hate. So it must be out of hate. Oh, gosh. So the world is becoming crazier. And the number of people you can speak to, frankly, is diminishing all the time. And at work, you don't want to say anything. It, it's just crazy. So if you are looking for a safe haven to keep you sane as the world gets crazier and crazier, I do hope you'll join me over in what I call the Tom Wood Show Elite which you can get to as a member of my supporting listeners program. It's a great community of wonderful, like-minded people, good, decent people you'll learn a lot from and will keep you sane. And will also tell you what's really going on in the world. So you won't have to otherwise rely on these uh, crazy liars who hate us, basically. So if you like and appreciate what I'm doing, it would make me very happy indeed. If you would head over to supportinglisteners.com, you'll see all the the benefits you get. It's just out of this world. I, I defy any podcaster to show up here and say that he gives more benefits than I do. Not possible. I don't think that's possible. Supportinglisteners.com is where to go. I'd love to welcome you inside the Tom Woods Show Elite, and I'll see you tomorrow. Become a smarter libertarian in just 30 minutes a day. Visit TomWoods.com to subscribe to the show for free, and we'll see you next time. Like the sound of The Tom Woods Show? My audio production is provided by Podsworth Media. Check them out at podsworth.com.